Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, it was just a couple of Sundays ago that we celebrated the greatest event that ever took place in the history of humanity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who was once dead and now lives forever. The disciples initially, as they kind of got warmed up to the reality of the resurrection of Jesus, were amazed. But today, it's almost as though the, the resurrection and the effects of the resurrection have kind of worn off, so to speak. I think that's human nature. And I think that's what happens to each one of us. The amazement of the resurrection and its reality can wear off to some extent because of our old Adam that still lives in us. And I think it's, it's appropriate that my sermon title on Easter was Christ is Risen, so? You know, it's kind of like we get into this, uh, this, this attitude that outside of our singing about Jesus and our praying about Jesus and knowing that he has saved us, we got to ask the question, how does this play out in our everyday life? If you recall, last week's gospel, when Jesus appeared to his disciple, Christ gave the disciples everything they needed. He gave them his peace. And that peace went beyond all human understanding, and that is the same peace that Christ has instilled in us in our baptism, and through the word of God each and every day. Christ also gave the disciples confidence in the fact that, that he was Jesus, the son of God, God himself. Jesus also gave the disciples, and it's important for us to remember that he gives us the same blessing as he gives us purpose in our life. Jesus said to the disciples, and he says to us, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Finally, Christ left the disciples, and he leaves his holy Christian church today with the reality that we have within ourselves the power of Christ to forgive someone's sins in the name of Jesus Christ. And also to retain some people's sins who do not repent of them. Yet regardless of all that Christ had given the disciples, it doesn't appear to be enough for them to come to the true reality that their Lord who rose from the dead is their everyday Lord. Even though the meaning of their faith kind of teetered every once in a while, even after the resurrection. So it appears that the disciples now have kind of reverted to old ways. Matter of fact, they, they start fishing again, as they did three years prior, when, before they'd met Jesus. They went fishing to the same place, the Sea of Tiberias, where Jesus told them, drop your nets and now follow me. Yet, <laughs> it appears that they can't even do that right because the text tells us they caught nothing. 
Now, I, I don't think I'm drawing too much out of this text because we've got last week's text when, Je when Jesus was in the upper room with the disciples and we see their uh, amazement at Christ, except with Thomas, but inevitably Thomas comes to that reality. But I'm one that thinks that the, that the disciples are a bit discouraged here. You know what I mean? I remember as a kid, I haven't sure shared this with anybody, I don't think, but I was kind of involved in, in a, a, a Lutheran charismatic movement. Yeah, Pastor Gross, of all people, yeah. I remember going in at one, meet, one night at a youth group and, and uh, coming home to my aunt and uncle and telling them, I found Jesus. And then I had to go to school the next day. The point is, the exaltation of one's faith does not always last at the moment at, at a high. But we live in the world, as you know, not of the world. And that world can pull us down and constantly combat us. We face temptations each and every day. We do, as the disciples did, get discouraged every day, moment by moment. At my age, as a, as a parent, I sometimes reflect upon things maybe I should have done a little differently as a parent. Obviously, I guess I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids. I wish there were certain situations that I would have handled a bit differently than I did. That can go on to different areas. For example, the way maybe you treat your spouse, saying things that you and I know we should not have said, or a coworker. Fletcher Tarkinson wrote these words. I wish there were some wonderful place called the land of beginning again, where all of our mistakes and all of our heartaches and all of our selfish sins could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never put on again. Yet in the midst of the disciples' discouragements, in the midst of our discouragements, we have to remember this truth, that Jesus is with us every moment. And I know it sounds so elementary, Yet, how often do we forget that truth? Every moment our Lord is with us. And Christ did that today in our gospel. He appeared to the disciples totally differently than he did in the, in, in the upper room, the Sunday after Easter. The reality was is that he was in their midst, in the midst of their personal discouragement and despair, in the midst of their everyday life. Sometimes this truth is, uh, it's hard to imagine, I think. <laughs> it's very hard to imagine. To think that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, would have any interest in our mundane life. But he does. And we think sometimes, of course, we're conscious of the reality that our Lord is present with us today, here in this place but once we leave the door, we question that truth. We wonder if Jesus is with us 
as we go to school, as we go to work, as we're at home or on vacation? And how often is it that we forget the great words of our Lord at the end of the Great Commission when he tells the disciples and he tells each one of us, surely I am with you always to the very ends of the ages. Christ not only wants each one of us as he wanted the disciples to know that he was present even though they were discouraged and even though they may not have seen him. He also wants to bring his blessings to the disciples and he wants to bring the blessings of his love for you and me each and every day into all the details of our lives. Christ appeared to the disciples without initially them recognizing him. And he says, do you have any fish? And they shared with this stranger exactly the disappointing news. And then Jesus directs them to where some fish are. Was this a miracle? <laughs> um, let me get it to you from a, a fisherman's perspective. Uh, anyone who fishes on a lake, uh, you're always dialoguing with other fishermen, whether verbally or you're just kind of watching them from a distance. You know, if they got a smile on their face or not to indicate where they were and the possibility of catching fish. Once I was out on Lake Mary with my buddy in a, uh, in a boat, and we, he had taken me to this location where he really believed he had caught a lot of fish last time. And we sat there for hours and didn't catch a thing. Finally, we started bringing in the equipment, ready to call it a day. And some guy passes by at the boat, and he says to us, have you caught anything? And we said, no. He says, rumor has it that in 20 minutes, the trout stocking truck is going to come to the dock. So, of course, we bolted over there and fished for a couple hours after that. Now, I'm not debating the issue of whether this is a miracle or not. But Christ's presence and his, the reality of him blessing the disciples is a truth that we see in our text. And Christ wants to bless the disciples through all the details of their life. You know, um, trying to bring this down to our level in the sense, you know, there's been a lot of news lately, and I think it's a lot, it's very true, that in, in, a lot of people leave California and are leaving California. We've had a handful of members in the last year, year and a half, leaving California. And I respect their decisions. I understand that. But did you know that whether we're relocating to some other state or relocating to some other location, God is blessing us in the midst of those details. As we plan for retirement, God is blessing us in the midst of those details. As we are parents, we are being blessed with our grown-up ch children who will say to us maybe once in a while, say, you know, Mom, Dad, I kind of understand how you, why you treated me the way you did growing up. In our text this morning, the amount of fish was 153, and anybody who fishes realizes the big phrase there is large fish. 
And therefore, it probably was a miracle. What is the significance of the number 153? Nothing other than the fact that it was a great catch. Christ was in the details of the lives of the disciples as he's in the details of each and every day and each and every person's life today. Jesus Christ is our everyday Lord. He's not just our Lord on those big days like Easter or other church holidays. He's not simply our Lord when we are praying. He is not simply our Lord when we are in church. But he is our everyday Lord in every way. And as we, as interesting in closing, as, as the disciples came in from fishing, Jesus was right there on the shore, wanting to be involved with them, even in breakfast. <laughs> yes, our Lord is present with us this morning through God's holy word, and he's present with us in his real presence, his body and blood in holy communion. Yet as we leave this morning in, from worship and go out those doors, we must be assured that throughout our ordinary day and our ordinary hours, our Lord is with us in every way and every day till all eternity. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.